Okay, guys, this is part two of the two-part Monster Mashup episode. We hope you enjoyed part one. Please have a listen and enjoy part two. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Adventures in time and space told in future tense. All radio is dead. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Look, there comes one of them now. So Freddy versus Jason. Freddy versus Jason. So when it when it starts out, we get the the narration from Freddy. Freddy, yes. Freddy, and, and it's kind of odd. Freddy has to give you all the exposition. All the exposition. And then he also, they do a montage because I think maybe the producers felt that Freddy, because his, his last movie was before the last Jason movie. So it looks like they feel the need to like recap you on who Freddy is. It's been, they since go through all of the movies. Yeah. It's they go through all of the movies. It's been 12 and years since Freddy was on screen. They go back through every Freddy film and show you a piece of every Freddy film. Yeah. And... Uh, but not not a whole lot of Jason. He's kind of filling you in on mm. like what he's had to figure out how he can come back. Mm-hmm. Because that's the whole idea is that um, they almost play into it. Like he's saying, "I've been forgotten." Mm-hmm. You know, I've been for so this generation might not quite know who I am. You know, and so then he's like, "So I had to find a way to come back." Mm-hmm. And so really they're laying it out there. They're already like kind of together because he's saying, I have resurrected Jason. I've literally, because he's been, I found someone because I found someone that can do this for me because he's basically saying that Jason's really just been slumbering, Mm -hmm. you know? So I've been able to get into his mind while he sleeps at the bottom of the lake and work on him. Mm -hmm. And so he appears to him as his mother mm-hmm. and is telling him, I, I need you. I need you to come back. The, the, the counselors, they need to be punished again and all this kind of stuff. And then you see the heart starts beating, you know, and he comes. He, he, he does this whole rise, Jason, yeah, rise. Yeah, yeah, it's very dramatic. Yeah. And um, and one one interesting thing is it's it's not like this movie was was really just like, yes, it took a decade. But even when they finally got to do it, it's not so much that the movie was just thrown together. You can tell that they really tried to think through. Well, they originally were going to get James Wan to do this. Yeah. So they, it, yeah, they were not trying to create just a movie to make money. They really were trying to, um, in my opinion, I put together this kind of tribute love letter to fans. Like, this is what you wanted. We're trying to give you this. Like, you know, yeah. and they really. They were the studios were trying to put real effort into this. Um, so yeah, and it's not like they were doing it even with the intention of like we're going to get another Freddy Krueger movie out of this. Like we're going to get another Jason movie out of this. It wasn't. This is Shay. This is Bob Shay. Yeah, it really wasn't that intention mm-hmm. because you know uh, Robert England. You know he he really was ready to you know hang up the character 
for and the... New Line was at this point. Now New Line is a big company. Yeah. Like it's a big company with other projects that they're doing. This they're, yeah. they're, they are no longer tied solely to the yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street series. Yeah, they they didn't necessarily need it, it, this. It's the house that Freddie built, right? Yep. Famously, New Line is the house that Freddie built. But he built it. Yeah. And once he built it, it took off. And yeah. so Bob Shea is, is a producer um, uh, of movies. Really, he had, he just had a ton of other stuff he was doing. So they they, they, they didn't need this. Yeah. So, so they get them together, and, and there's these little touches that you see through the film that let you know like hey we get you like mm-hmm. th- like this is big we mm-hmm. get that this is this big, is a big deal, yeah. and we're going to give this little touches little nuances and so one of the things we noticed when we were rewatching it just uh within the last day or so um when it starts and freddie is telling the story he's in like a blue place everything's kind of blue like you just see his mouth or his eyes everything's blue and you see his breath so the boilers are off. Mm-hmm. The boiler room, his you know infamous lair, the boiler room is the cold. Boiler's cold. The yeah. boiler's cold, and he's saying, "I've been forgotten." Mm-hmm. So he's going to use because he can't physically do anything unless there's people thinking about him which is and remembering tie, him. Which is a tie almost to the first one. I take every bit of energy i ever gave yeah. you i no longer believe in you right so they the are kids don't talk about him anymore he is not a boogeyman so going not to go back to our <laughs> argument or anything and we talked about how we differ on the endings of that movie but freddie versus jason is playing off of that idea that people have to give him they have to believe in him in order to give him the energy to continue to terrorize people when you take that away from him he goes away. Yeah. And, and that is that is how Nancy took care of him in the, in, in the original movie. Yeah. So he, he has been forgotten. The kids don't the kids don't whisper about him uh, anymore at the sleepovers and things. And so he is uh, relatively powerless. But he figures out a way to get into Jason's mind to get Jason to come back uh, from the bottom of the lake and he basically is going to use Jason as his tool. He is going to get kids afraid again in, uh, this is Springwood, right? Springwood is the, mm. yeah. So he's going to use Jason. He sends Jason to Springwood. They don't really cover how Jason gets from Camp Crystal Lake so to Springwood. So if you, if, you if you need a franchise geography lesson here... <laughs> Eventually, in the original Nightmare on Elm Street, they don't tell you where right. it is. They, that, that's not, it's not important to the story. Wes Craven never thought it's it. It's just an Elm Street. Because, be, because, because every, every town, town has, has an Elm Street. Street. Right. So that's really what it was about. But in the later movies, they, they felt they had to put it in a place. So they put it in a place called Springwood, Ohio. So And then Camp Crystal Lake, if you know anything about that franchise, takes place in New Jersey. New Jersey. So he had to go from. New He's Jersey got to get across to PA. So we talk about these trips, right? Michael yeah. was able to take one. Did he take? Was a regular guy. There, there's Jason on a bus. This is like, I mean, you, just on a just on a bus. The bus is like he's just sitting there because he can't walk there because he walks super ass slow, right? So how long is it going to take him to get there? He needs a couple yeah. seasons to get there, <laughs> you know. So, <laughs> so yeah. So if you leave this fall, you'll get there by next fall. <laughs> 
So he sends Jason to Springwood uh, to start killing kids because Freddy believes, he's pretty sure, and it turns out he's right, that if murders of teenagers but start not happening... just murders of teenagers. Ghastly, gruesome... Horrific murders. murders. Horrific murders. Dismemberments. Because, well, yeah, because he, otherwise it could just be some Looney Tune dude. Right? Yeah, it could a, just be some guy if it's just you know, some... People who are yeah. getting shot, or they're getting oh, stabbed. she she broke whatever. up with her boyfriend. But when you know? they're when you know you find you're finding bodies like crumpled up in arms ripped off, arms ripped and off, heads and, and shoved up half. their rectums and stuff yeah. like that, then you know it's it's yeah. So the he he believes that the Freddie believes and and he's right that if these horrific ghastly murders start happening, that invariably, even though the kids of Springwood currently don't know who Freddy is. It's that far out. And, and the, the uh, adults of the town have been able to suppress the stories and the talk. They've literally removed any newspapers from the library that refer to Freddy Krueger's murders, you know, any of that stuff. Nobody talks about Freddy Krueger. Nobody knows the name Krueger. They contained him like a disease, right? Then they like compare quarantine. they compare it to that a couple of times. That yeah. it's like a mind virus, right. and so when these murders start happening, uh, and the kids get afraid, and basically the parents get afraid, and information begins to like leak, right? And then you have kids who have been locked away in the mental institution who do know who Freddie is, who kind of you know. Um, very uh, lucky for Freddy, which you could say maybe it was part of his scheme, they, like, get out because now they're hearing these murders are happening. We've got to go warn all the other kids. And they rush off and they start, like, just immediately start, like, spreading the lore of Freddy. Yeah. Like, not even registering, like, I am I might be, like, fucking up here. I might be well, fucking they, this they, up. They, well, they do, right? So, the yeah. kid, um, so you have two kids. You have the uh, boyfriend, uh, Jason Ritter. You have the boyfriend of Mon- well, well, Monica Kino, who's the main he's, character. He's the wannabe boyfriend. The they had a romance, and then they he got were, sent yeah, away. They were so she, sort of getting she together. Didn't, but she didn't date anybody else. Right. It's always been about him, and that's why, like, in the movie... They're trying. To, her friends are trying to set her up with someone else, and she's not having it. And even though the guy's a jerk, it wouldn't mattered who it was. It wasn't this kid. So he's in the mental institution. He has a friend in the mental institution. When they break out and they go to the library and they start doing all this research and all that stuff, they that that friend kind of figures out like, oh my god, because they had an incident at the school. Right? Yeah, they went immediately to go see Monica Kina. And the kid got carried away because she was having the same dreams as him. So he, now he knows he's not crazy. So now they can he confirms. Every like, time I, you tap the I, table, I can hear it. Sorry. <laughs> I, I, I knew I wasn't crazy. Yeah. And so he gets carried away and inadvertently. Word vomits. Word vomits <laughs> and starts spreading. And then when they get to the. Freddy, library, Freddy, 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 Freddy. Right. And then they get to the library and they kind of figure out how the town got rid of him. And then he goes, oh my God, I screwed up the town's plan. Yeah. Like just at that one incident at the school just completely threw off. Now the all the kids at school are going, Freddy Krueger? Who's Freddy Krueger? Right. He gets in your dreams? And what? Monica, but. He's Monica got a claw? Is going. 
Freddy. Someone said Freddy. Someone said the name Freddy. Who's this Freddy? Freddy right. Krueger. I, you know, and she's trying to figure out. The so name. now all the teenagers, it's become a whispered thing again. And now so he's he slowly strange. begins to. You see, he he ends up. He pops up in like a dream. Yeah. But he he can't. He can scare the kid, mm. but he can't kill the kid. Mm-hmm. So he, what happens is he pops up in the dream, tests his abilities. Okay, I can't kill this kid yet because not I'm not strong enough yet. There's not enough people talking about me yet. Yep. So then he relies on Jason to kill that kid. He sends that energy alive. He sends Jason to yeah. kill that kid. The thought that Freddy's out there, yep. or even at least try to kill the kid, because for Freddy. Whether the kid dies or gets away doesn't so much... It just much, has to get reported. People it just, just has to, to get reported because the, all the kid has to do is say, I had this horrible dream about this guy with a claw for hand, a hand. Yeah. And then when I woke up, it was like I was in like still in the nightmare because then this other guy showed up. So even if somehow word gets out that, it's, that Jason is around, right. Freddy is still getting mentioned. Right. And so it helps him, but it helps him more if the kid dies, right. you know, because yeah, right, right. then it's like, oh my God, the kid, he, the, you know, his leg was in a tree right. and his head split in half and oh my God, you know, so uh, he keeps testing it, trying to get stronger and then um, it culminates. Jason is going around killing all these, these kids mm-hmm. You know, he's doing what Jason does. Yeah, he's which becomes the problem. Yeah, he's folding them up in half in beds and things. He's like, which you is know, an awesome kill. Yeah, <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah, and then finally, uh, the kids in a completely um, uh, unwarranted, um, ill-advised uh, is a better with term. Probably going on, with everything they going on, do. they decide to throw a cornfield party. Right. They. They throw a rave. They throw a rave in the cornfield, and they're getting drunk. They basically drunk. give Jason a buffet. Like, oh, yeah, like, yeah, we're yeah. We're just going to lay out the welcome mat. Yeah, this let's guy. put all of Jason's targets. Let's put all, a whole bunch of teenagers pl- drinking. The entire high school. sex in one spot. The entire <laughs> high school is at this cornfield party. The yep. entire High school. There has never been in our life a larger gathering. In our lifetime, we have never seen an entire school. Sh- even even when we had the bonfire back home for the Thanksgiving Day, you know, football game, yeah. the entire school never showed up. You know, yeah. somebody stayed home. Somebody stayed home in this town. They're all there. They're all there. The entire high school's there, yeah. and Jason shows up to do what Jason does. And it's at the same moment that Freddy is about to finally, the sweet victory of finally getting his first kill. He picks out a girl who happens to be Monica Kina, the main character's best friend. Who has just had her boyfriend horrifically murdered. Her boyfriend was murdered. She is drunk. Drunk. She's high, on edge. Yep. Horribly vulnerable. Totally vulnerable. Freddy can taste it. Yep. And just as he is about to do the death blow. He toys with it, right? He's having fun. He's like, the boilers are hot. Well, he wants to enjoy this. (laughs) Yeah. It's been a long time. He wants to enjoy it, and and he takes too long. And it gives Jason a chance to interfere and actually take the kill away from Freddy. Right. And then Freddy gets Which, which, I mean, I don't know 
it's a double-edged sword because she's about to get party raped. (laughs) (laughs) She is out in the middle of the corn. Yes. She's completely unconscious in the middle of the corn and glow stick asshole. The glow stick dickhead. Casper from kids. What's it? Dipshit glow stick. (laughs) There you go. Dipshit glow stick shows up. And decides, yeah, he's going to pull a, a Casper from the movie Kids, yeah. uh, and he is going to molest her in the middle he's of the corn. He's going to rape her. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he's about to do this horrible, horrible, fucking horrible thing. Yeah. And in one sense, Jason kind of pulls a win. He kills that guy. Yeah. But unfortunately, in the course of killing that douchebag, he kills the girl too. <laughs> no, I mean not unfortunate no, Jason, for Jason. He Jason totally intended wanted, it. He's like, ooh, two for one. He totally intended it. Yeah, he yeah. he basically spears him like a like a sandwich toothpick. Sure. You know, he uses yeah, like, like a, a yeah. yeah, he uses like a like a sharpened pole or something. Well, I think he just does it with the machete, doesn't he? No, no, it's like a it's like a pole, oh, and then he flings the, the guy. Oh, that's right. He yeah. flings the dude. He yeah. flings the and I mean that guy, dipshit glow stick, the dipshit. rapist. He gets a worthy death for his vocation. Mm. He gets flung. Guess what he deserves? Sure. Like a football field's length That's into right. the corn, right? Right. <laughs> yes, he does. And uh, but unfortunately, yes, yeah, she dies as part of that kill. And in the dream world, that rips her away. Once she's dead, she, like Freddie literally watches her, like the blood spurt from her chest in the dream. And watches her die and then fade away out of... And he's like, no, she was mine, you know? It's the whole reason you went through all of this, you know? And then that begins the... Conflict. The conflict, because they were working together. Jason off. Yeah, now... Well, they were working together. Well, he, he was Freddy puppet was mastering. Using Jason. Yeah, Jason he was, didn't agree to anything. He was like, puppet mastering like, Freddy. Right. He's just like he's just like I can or kill. Jason. You know, and he just Jason was just again. We talk of mindless monsters. Jason is a mindless monster in this one. He's the zombie juggernaut Jason. He's just he has one mode. If he's awake and he's yeah. mobile, he's yeah. going to kill. Yeah. And that's all he, he does. Is, that's all he knows how to do. He is the energizer bunny of slashers. He's just going to keep on going. Yeah, once you start him up, that's right. he's not going to shut down. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, so he Freddie has made a miscalculation. He yep. he has selected Good idea on paper. <laughs> poor execution. <laughs> he he has selected the zombie juggernaut of slashers right. to to carry out his plan. And uh, yeah, it unfortunately backfires. So now that sets up where Freddy's like, okay, I, I have to stop him yep. so that I can Because everybody's over. scared to death. So job done. It's not going to go back the other way, right? right. So They're all talking about me they're now. They're all talking about me. So now I can take Jason out and just keep going and keep rolling. Right, right. So, so yeah, but and then they work in this other storyline. Which is, you know, they, they're trying their best to make you care about these characters. <laughs> Failing miserably Failing at it. Failing miserably. Unfortunately, unfortunately, for a decade's worth of waiting and work, yeah. they fall into the same mode of storytelling that 
tended to kill the slasher genre, which is unlikable or forgettable okay. characters that you don't care about. Okay, so so to pause, I want to pause there for a second. Um, because as, as we talked about earlier, we said the studios were trying to give you a worthy movie. They weren't trying to cut corners on this. Now, in a little bit of research through this movie... Um, my, one of my biggest problems with this movie is Monica Kina, and again, no offense to the, to Monica Kina, but Monica Kina in this movie is a modern day Tina. Yeah. You can't stand her. I can't, I can't stand her in this movie. And she, as the actress, was, had problems with the script. She thought it was stupid. And she thought she was above the movie, and she just did it for a paycheck. That's what she said. It's, it's not me saying this. It's not me inferring this or guessing or which, whatever. This which, is what she said. Correct me if I'm wrong. This is, I believe, her... Is it her only lead role? She's... <laughs> no, I think she's gone and done some smaller stuff. But you know what I mean? Like, yeah, 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 it's yeah. her biggest she, lead role yeah, this ever. Isn't, right. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, you know, she's she's not, you know... Uh, Meryl Streep here so um, but she she had problems with the script but okay this it's Freddy versus again it's Freddy versus Jason we talked about it earlier with Frankenstein meets the Wolfman and Abbott and Costello the you you get a bit of a trade-off even though the studio was trying to give you the best version they could do again no matter what you do story you got to get these guys together that's your main goal so story is going to suffer a little bit, but quite honestly, I don't have much of a problem with the story. I mean, you're talking yeah. about a dream demon versus a hockey mask killer. So you know <laughs> you don't need you don't need Gone with the Wind here, right? Yeah, so, no, you, no, you know. But I don't have a problem with the story um, or anything like that. So I don't know where she's coming from. I think more of the problem is actually her performance. And we talked about it before, unfortunately, Kelly Rowland's Kelly performance. Rowland's performance. And Jason Ritter's performance. He is whining and crying the, through this the, whole movie. There is one, uh, you might have to, do we know the actor's name that plays uh, Biederman? Oh, Biederman. Yeah, no. Um, what's, the, what's that actor's name? Because he was in a bunch of, uh, he, he was good in a bunch of stuff, like comedies. and the, He was in Just Friends mm-hmm. with, um, with Ryan Reynolds yeah. and Anna Faris. Like he's he's good. He's funny. Yeah. What, what's his name? Christopher Marquette. Christopher Marquette. Uh, he is because he was in the Girl Next Door. So if you ever watched that movie, um, it was a it was a kind of a teen comedy movie, but it, it actually it was a really good movie, and he was good in it. He's actually a good actor. He's mm-hmm. the he's I believe the best actor in this film. I would I would yeah. And he's unfortunate. No, no, I disagree with you. Robert England. <laughs> No, yeah, no, 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 yeah. no, no. Because again, we talk about True. we talk about this. We talk about Jason and Michael, and they're behind the mask. But with the difference with Freddie, and the reason why again they're, they're they're having some issues with new ideas and a new movie and all this stuff, because Robert England said he's done, he's out, he's done, he's too yeah. old. Yeah. Actually, in this movie, even though it's a fan movie, it's kind of for the fans and everything. Robert England. Acts in this movie is like he's he's he seems just as passionate about the role 
as he did in the first one. Yeah, he's like, not he's he, not phoning it in. He is not phoning it in here. He's really a bright, he he is the biggest bright spot of the movie. He is the best actor in this movie. But but, but Chris, other than Matt, out of the out the, of the kids, out of the kids, Christopher sure. Marquette is the best actor out of all of them. He is, and he also delivers, like oddly for this what uh, we talked about that uh, a day ago, uh, for what would be a um, secondary or possibly even tertiary, tertiary. character. Mm-hmm. Like that's the thing. Like your tertiary character. Yeah. Your little nerdy guy who just happens to like get like sucked along for the ride because he happened to jump into the van when you were trying to get away from Jason, yeah. you know, he's like your best deepest performance. Well, like he, he literally it, gives a layered performance in that he makes the best of out of his opportunity. We thought, you know, yeah, you know. that that should normally have been a fairly throwaway character. Should have been. But he ends up being the most magnetic character out of the group. He's also written to be a, a, a sympathetic character. Well, yeah, because he, he, he ends up he sacrificing goes, himself. Well, he sacrifices later in the film. himself for for someone that has treated him so terribly. Right, um, Kelly. Since, yeah, Kelly Rowland's character is like horrible. Right. Well, to him. it's horrible. Yeah, absolutely horrible to and, him. And even Monica Keenan's character pays no mind to him. Yeah, she just she tolerates him. They are the popular girls. They're the popular girls. And he is the nerdy... He is. You know, geeky. Yeah. But um, but Monica Kina, again, her character. When we talk about like the, the prank that they pulled in Halloween 5 and how that made Tina unlikable. Yeah. Her treatment of Bitterman in this, I, I'm not sure if they... If it's her performance or they wrote it that way, but like... If, if she would have treated him better. If she had been like the one More, person, she she to, kind of was. They 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 ride that line, but she still ignored him. She she's still dismissive. Her eyes. She's yeah, still she's dismissive. dismissive. And so she becomes more unlikable. And you're like, he's literally just trying to be a nice guy. Yeah. He you know Kelly Rowland depicts it. Her character depicts it as oh he's like some weird leechy yeah dude who's just trying to get in our pants and everything like that. And like you can tell by his reaction, like that's not what he. Th- thought at all I'm like just like a helpful guy yeah he's just coming and saying like hey i'm so sorry yeah. you know that this happened and sure. you know and and yeah kelly Rowland's character is is like you know and i mean they do write it as like her her character kelly Rowland's performance is lackluster her character is also written to be super unlikable her mm-hmm. character is written to be like if it's not about her right. then you must be a piece of shit right. <laughs> Well, and Bitterman, like, talks about it towards, like, when he tells her off. Yeah. Because she's in the, when when Monica Kina has an episode in school, you know, she goes to the nurse's office with her, and she's waiting for Monica Kina to come out. So she's looking through magazines, and she's looking at a plastic surgery magazine. So she has her own. They tried to write her with depth. You know what I mean? And they tried to write and it her... Came, and it and came it, off as even more surface. Oh, it was so terrible. She's all about surface. But again... Is that more Kelly Rowland's interpretation of it or her performance of it? Yeah, she's written to treat Bitterman that way, but I think maybe a better actor could have... Like, looks. Like, you give a certain look. After you treat... After you say something, you didn't maybe want could've, to say... Yeah, could have shown... Yeah, if she... could have shown a little bit more, like, like... oh, that was me being defensive. It was me with... 
dealing with my own insecurities right. and projecting them onto you. Right. And you could do that with certain looks. You could do that with better actors. Yeah, and to be and to be honest, I mean, I hate to say it, I you know, it's one of those things where this was right after you know the breakup of Destiny's Child. I don't even think it was. No, Actually, you don't think this is two thousand and three. So, but if there... I can if if I know my Destiny's <laughs> Child child history here. Uh, I got to dip into my Queen Bay. Archive. That's right. That's right. So it went down to Beyonce, Kelly Rowland, Michelle Williams around 2000, 2001, right? And then they came Independent Woman, Charlie's Angels, all that stuff it was 2001, 2000. So I, I actually think they were still performing together. So I still think in 2003, I still think Destiny's Child was together. And then not long after that, yeah, like 2004, 2005 is when Beyonce came out with... You know, she hooked up with Jay Z, and then the whole. The whole but I, but crazy. you know, I, you, you hate to say it. I think uh, there's there's a good comparison to be made to Lon Chaney Jr. That that Lon Chaney Jr. got his job, his initial she job. She got this job because she's because Destiny's she was in Destiny's she job. Got this, she got this job because of Beyonce. Yeah, yeah. You're you're tied to the biggest star, one of the biggest stars on the planet. Yeah, because her her performance in and the, even before Beyonce was like, you know. Queen Beyonce, you know yeah. what I mean, like Be- yeah. Beyonce, you know. So. Because it's not like Kelly Rowland can't deliver a line; it's just that she doesn't have the chops that it takes She's to bring her. across She's that her. character. She needed to. They put her in this movie because of the popularity of Destiny Show. Yeah, and, and and I'm sure Kelly Rowland. You know, at this point, I don't know what the dynamic of Destiny Child was. Maybe Kelly Rowland's. You know, kind of saw the writing Looking on the wall. The, like, yeah. Well, Beyonce. Now, now's the, she's she continues to stand out and stand out and stand out. Yeah. And now's like the time to dip my toe into this other. I, I got to figure out something because this isn't going to be around, you know, for a while until we get a reunion tour. Yeah. You know, which they did eventually. But yeah, so so yeah, it suffers from that problem that the majority of the cast, the cast, the main characters, the people you're supposed to care are getting killed. Unlikable. You don't like them very much. Um, you know, all the top-down shots of Mo- Monica Kina's blouse can't save it. <laughs> hey, Monica, can you pout your lips and stick your chest out? Can I? <laughs> That's I mean, all she and, does. And I, and I, she and I, poses. I mention it because Ugh. there is a significant mm. amount of top-down, above her head, down the blouse shots of Monica Kina in this movie. Like it was, it's a thing. Like it's not me, like just staring at you know her chest. Right. It's a thing. They, she was put front and center. You know, in, and she was asked. I'm, I'm sorry, but she was asked to pose in certain ways, and she did. Yes, you know? yes, or and, she and, didn't. And I'm not saying. I'm not saying. Did. I'm saying that that's the director's fault. I'm saying that's the producer's fault. Like Ultimately, that's it's, yeah. That they they did that because that's what they believe the audience is going to respond to right. coming to see this film instead of yes, it's a yes, it's a fan. Uh, it's a, it's a, basically it's like a fanfic come to life, right? But instead of focusing on crafting a slightly better narrative and, and crafting some, using some better directorial choices, Mm -hmm. they chose to focus on her looks and her body to make up for what they couldn't do as professionals in filmmaking 
and, and Quentin. And that's you know, not that's not gonna, a this is going to that's not a criticism of her. It's not a criticism I of her. Can, it's I, it's a criticism yeah. of Ronnie Yu. Okay, you know what I mean. I I think she, I just think she's terrible. <laughs> like I do. Yeah, I, I mean she's, she's not bad. a great actress. She's, she's not a great actress. But she's bad, and to to she panned the movie because of the script. And I'm, what yeah. my point is is maybe it's not so much the script as it is you. But 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 I you know I I I want to make sure that that I'm not depicting this as like I'm insensitive to what actresses go through there's a lot of this sure. shit that happens they're forced to do and goes around that they don't necessarily want to do sure. yeah and so I, so i'm saying if you watch this film you're going to notice yeah. that they're hyper focused on her chest they are they are yeah. and it and and it's one of those unfortunate things where like it's so noticeable mm-hmm. that you know even like you watch the movie with my wife and my wife is like oh come on right you know, sure. <laughs> you know, and it's one of the and of and also I will say it's unfortunately if you look at like eras in filmmaking, this is during that time period of th- this came out at the kind of height of what you would call the uh, MTV generation, where like all this stuff on MTV at the time was all focused on girls' bodies. It was, well, you had this is the time period of Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera and Jessica Simpson, and you know how they had low rise jeans and, and yeah. all that stuff that was popular. It didn't matter if you were as talented as Christina yeah. Aguilera or oh, wait, yeah. or as untalented so, as Jessica Simpson. They were going to. Oh, I thought you were going to say Britney. No, Britney. I th- she at least could dance. Jessica Simpson couldn't even do that. But Jessica Simpson <laughs> sing. Really well. uh, no, she's a great. No, no I don't want to turn. If you this listen, into, if you listen to her live, no. Oh my God, no. Anyway, I, I disagree. I'm not a listen. I'm not a fan of Jessica Simpson. We cannot turn this podcast into this. But, but what? Obviously, Christina Aguilera has the voice of right. Like, so if you were as good as her, or as bad as one of the other two, <laughs> the other two, they were only going to focus yeah. on your chest, your butt. Also, I'm not trying to be insensitive to Britney's plight over the last <laughs> seven years. We have to say that, right? <laughs> it's required we by to... law. Well, I say, yeah, you can't be on the other side. <laughs> yeah. Nope, love you, Britney. <laughs> so... Just leave her alone. <laughs> so anyway. All right, anyway. So anyway. Yeah. So... This is TRL. This is the TRL. The generation. TR exactly. That's what I was going for. It's sure. the TRL generation where it's it's all about surface. It's all about body. It's back to the eighties. Oh yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah it was. It you was had a the bit depth of, a, of the nineties, right? Not, the nineties started getting into the nineties. The nineties was like getting into like you know social activism real, again. Yeah, and, you know, it was every more of a reflection diversity. Of the 60s. Yeah. yeah, and then yeah, the the two thousand early two thousand showed up yeah, and the response got to slap that back That's down. Right. Just like the '80s slapped back down yeah. the '60s and the '70s. Yeah, the the early 2000s, like slapped. MTV might have just let's it, undo everything that the '90s. They should have just said yeah. MTV instead of MTV. They should just rebranded it. Show us your boobs. Right, like that's really what it was. It was those. like guys screaming it. Over sexualized. Like, Look at Bopper singers, and you know even the men. J- uh, Justin Timberlake was over sexualized. They talk. They talk about what was it? Uh, the Backstreet Boys. And the the second Woodstock. 
Uh, the I, I mean no, the, the third Woodstock. The, really, yeah, the ninety nine. I was there. Yeah, Woodstock ninety nine. Yep, like was that there. was literally where like a crowd of over testosterone young males. Are you saying I was over testosterone? <laughs> yes, <laughs> and they are screaming at female musical artists on stage, just screaming, "Show us your you have boobs!" Any idea? You know how many people were sexually assaulted during Woodstock '99? Yeah, it was, it was terrible. It's crazy. It was a it it was a, a bad era, yeah, yeah. and unfortunately, like in a film like this, you get some of the reflection of that sure. with the focus on body mm-hmm. and looks and yep. things like that above performances. So now we're getting into the meat and potatoes of now. There, the kids are realizing what's going on, and they're in the middle of it. They're, They're in, the in the middle, middle of it. it. They they figure everything out. They understand and um, what's going on. And now they have to formulate a plan. They pin this on Freddie. They figure out that Freddie is pulling the strings, right? So they have to figure out how they're going to stop Freddie. Because if you stop Freddie, they feel that you yeah. stop everything. The ki- so the- they want to use Jason. So they actually use Jason. They as flip the, the script. Hero, they almost. flip the script. Yeah, Jason and- is your only hope. <laughs> right, right, because we can't beat Freddy right. on Freddy's terms. No. So we need to get Jason and him to go at it. So their plan is, they think, let's put Jason in the dream world, and one of them is going to take care of the other, and then that's one less we have to deal with. Well, well, he's already in the dream world, and they want to pull him out. Because Freddie puts him in the dream world. Right. Because Freddie... Oh, Fre- yeah. Freddie tran- tranquilizes him. So Freddie right. Freddy invades Because Freddie's possessed. Of, he possesses the body of one of the kids um, and forces him to throw all that... We haven't talked about Hypnocell. Throw all the medication that they would need to stop the nightmares right, because, down the drain. Because and then, the writer, the writers of the film yep. did a, a great thing. They kept it in-universe. So yep. they bring back from part three of Nightmare on Elm Street yeah. the drug Hypnocell, right. which prevents you suppresses from dreams. dreaming. Correct. It, it suppresses uh, REM sleep. And so they run to... Uh, get a supply. They try to go in and it's break at in. It's at the mental hospital. At the mental hospital and break in and get all the supply of Hypnosil to, you know, so they can stop dreaming and, and yada, yada, yada. Um, that's what they initially figure out that they need, right? And then when Freddy ends up tranking Jason, then they go, okay, well, we're going to have to figure out because Monica Keena's Monica Keena's power her superpower <laughs> like in three Kristen has the superpower of bringing people into her right. dreams monica Keena, like a throwback to heather Lagenkamp, can pull things out of her dreams so heather Lagenkamp can pull freddie out of her dream so can monica Keena. monica Keena can pull so she because she was able to pull his ear right out of the dream they figured out she can pull freddie out yeah and if she can pull freddie out that means that Freddy is now no longer in the dream world. He no longer has the advantage. He's on even playing field with Jason. And Jason hopefully can defeat Freddy. Right. And then end the whole and thing. And so, yeah, so Freddy tranks Jason. He possesses the 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 copycat Jay of Jay and Silent Bob. Right, yeah. Because uh, that was a popular character that they then got a kid who kind of looks like Jay. Sure. And they dressed him kind of like Jay. Right. And so they have him get possessed by Freddy and he tranks 
Uh, Jack's coming down the stairs. It's Jack. I didn't know. <laughs> Come on down, Jack. I just woke up. Just woke up? Yeah. <laughs> told me. It's like 3 o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> so, we'll keep going. We're, it's live. It's this live. is live. It's Halloween. Anything can live, happen. Folks. Anything can happen on Halloween. Your dog could turn into a cat. Anyway. Uh... <laughs> Is that an actual song in Jamaica? No, no, that's uh, Tim Curry from The Worst Witch back in the 80s. Yeah, yeah, he played like the Grand Wizard or some shit. He pulled that reference out of nowhere. Yeah, he sings a whole song. Awesome. So anyway, um, yeah, he possesses the, he possesses, I'm just going to call him Jay. He possesses Jay and he he tranks uh, Jason to pull him in because he wants to stop their plan. He's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna screw this up. I'm gonna stop their plan. I'm gonna kill Jason while he's in the dream world. So then he'll die in the real world, and then I can just run wild on the kids. So we're now at that point. The kids are like, okay, now Jason's been tranked. They're like, oh, and all the hypnosis gone. Yeah. So they're scrambling, trying to figure out what the hell to do. Right. They're waiting to see if Jason wakes up and they're kind of like, do we want him to wake up? Like, or what's going to happen here? And Freddie gets Jason into the dream world. They have the big fight. And now this is the first round. Well, this is the first round. This is round round one. one. They're going to have, they're going to have two rounds. This is round one. And because Jason's in the dream world, Freddie is just, running all over all the advantage jason cuts his arms off and it doesn't matter because obviously freddie can just regrow the arms because he is in the dream world so he can do anything he can be anything and he just annihilates jason for the most part um and then and, and then he figures out he uh during the course of the fight water spills out of the pipes and now water is cascading in front of Jason, which is his weakness, right? It's his kryptonite because he drowned. Right. So now the water um, kind of, um, now he turns back into like the little kid that drowned. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, cause, it causes, uh, it causes, it's his worst nightmare. Right. Yeah. His worst nightmare is being surrounded by water. And, and now Freddie knows what his weakness is, yada, yada, yada. Um, and in the meantime, the kids, um, the, the gang, the Scooby Gang. The Scooby now gang. they're in a Scooby Van, right? So yeah. they're the Scooby Gang. Um, figures that Jason would be better off being in Crystal Lake. So they drive from Springwood, Ohio. Again, to yes. Again, New the Jersey. Ge- the geography is highly questionable. Sure. Because yes, as, as we've established. If we go by the official, they act lore, like this. This place is thirty minutes outside of town. If they go by the official lore, Springwood, yeah, it would be like a day's travel, like at least, yeah, because you can get across PA in you a can day. Get across PA, PA in six hours, yeah. Um, so, so it's like a day's travel yeah. away to get to Crystal Lake. And if you know where um, Crystal Lake is supposed to be in New Jersey, it's on the western side, closer to the PA border, where actually we are from. Yeah. So we grew up about a half hour, forty minutes away from the real Crystal Lake. Yeah, which is pretty cool. Yeah. So they they go there, and while they're doing this, while Jason's in the dream world, you know, Freddie is. Uh, is 
kind of torturing him with thoughts of Crystal Lake. And Monica Keena ends up going in to the dream and getting a glimpse of this torture torture world that Freddy's created for him. Yeah. And they they keep dosing now they now they have to keep Jason docile so they keep well, dosing him. They have to keep him. him asleep because if he wakes up during the trip he's going to kill every screwed. he's going <laughs> to yeah. kill everybody in so, that van. Again, it's it's funny because they turn Jason into the hero, but he's an anti-hero, right? Because he's going to kill anybody. Whoever, anybody. anybody. It doesn't matter who it is. They they have to use him as a weapon. Um, but it is kind of funny. They there has to be in a fight, there has to be a guy you're more rooting for. Right. Right? So you they try to steer you to root be- for for Jason. Because out of the two Freddy. of them, mm-hmm. out of the two of them, he has the more sympathetic origin story. He does. Whereas Freddy it's was a evil. pedophile was evil child before, killer. He was evil before he became yeah. super, supernatural and he's evil. Um uh, yeah, know. he's a, he's a, he's a, a pedophilic child killer. Right. Like, there's no two ways about it. Right. Freddy Krueger was an evil, evil guy. Yeah, Jason's the character you call. I've seen the memes on uh, on Facebook where it's like, oh, good for you. <laughs> yeah, kill this ass. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So, so it, basically now they're they're having the the first confrontation in the dream world, and they're going to get to the lake. The plan quote-unquote works they, they get, get him to the lake they yep. get him to the lake they pull freddy out of the dream yep and now round two starts and now and round two is going to begin and that's when you get what everybody's been waiting, waiting for, for this whole time yep. because the dream world fight is fun but it's advantage freddy advantage freddy and any he can do anything he wants yeah. but because he's still a dream demon when they pull him into the real world he's more vulnerable but he's still a demon so he is still absorbing a lot more punishment than a human being could take right like, if 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 he was just like now he's turned human like superman going into the yeah. you know the little vault because there, yeah he doesn't he doesn't then he would have died he would have died immediately jason yeah. would have killed him within three seconds yeah but he's not he's still a demon he's still supernatural but he's just a lot more vulnerable like he can't do all the tricks yeah he can uh, be hurt he can do in the dream world he can be hurt he can be hurt um but it, it still takes a lot to kill him cool shot Right here, when she is in the dream. Yeah, when she sees him in yeah. his full dream demon form. Yeah, they change the makeup. So, real quick, you know, talk about bright spots of the movie. Um, that was a bright spot in the movie. That's a bright um, um, shot. It's a cool shot by Ronnie Yu. Um, the, she's in the dream, and Jason, or uh, Freddy, pops out of the water. She's on the dock, and... and Freddy everything goes red and everything is red and he comes down and he has this demon makeup on now yeah it's he's, still the he's burn red. it's still the he's burn still burned, but he's got pointier ears his eyes are different almost his like fang like teeth yeah so he's like a lot scarier he's even a scarier friend which makeup. actually the eyes tell you that at the beginning of the film because you see his eyes at the beginning of the film and it's the same eyes right so you can tell that like really that's like become Freddy's actual natural form. He really, they're they're focusing on the idea that he really has become. He's no longer Fred Krueger. He's no longer Fred Krueger, child murderer. No, he's a demon. He's a demon. Yeah, and that's what he's become. He's been to hell. He's been to hell and back, and he is a demon. He is, you know, he 
that's who he is now. Sure. And it's when he when he when you see him as more human like burn scarred Freddy Krueger, mm-hmm. that's the mask he puts on of who he used to be. Right. So it's a cool little thing that they do in this film. Yeah. And, to and, to bring across like, you know, what what is going on, what the stakes are. But then when she does pull him out, he is the more human esque Freddy. Yeah, right. He's 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 no longer in his element. Um so um, so yeah, and then you get the you get the big fight at the end, which is fun. It's a lot of fun. Like so, they do a lot of cool things, um, you know, with the um, with the oxygen tanks and you know, and and it's and a, the, it it turns and the rebar and all of this stuff. It turns into this huge bloody battle, which pays off. So, did Frankenstein versus the Wolfman? Did the fight? Was it a big payoff? Did you get everything you wanted out of it? I think in Freddy, it's a question. I don't know if you feel that way. I would say no. I would say no. Probably no. No. I think with Freddy versus Jason, I think you're sat. You le- you left the theater satisfied. I think yeah. because you go in there again. We talk about it, you know, over and over and over again. How about you know you're, you're going to suffer a little bit with story just to get these guys back on screen together, and um, and the ultimate payoff for the fan is a great epic battle between the two antagonists. So that's what you get. And they deliver on it. Um, and so ultimately, Freddy vs. Jason, for me, is is still a go-to movie. They did a lot of good things in this movie. This So to kind of summarize it, um, it was a great monster mashup. I Absolutely. really, I think they delivered. I think... It took it took forever to get there. It took ten years for them to get there. They didn't get the director that they wanted because you're talking about James Wan. You're talking about the the creator of Saw, correct? Yeah. So yeah, and also and also and also, I, I will say that um, James Wan is kind of known for these sort of like eerie, creepy, mm-hmm. uh, tension building mm-hmm. horror movies. Um, however. Um, now, I haven't seen much of his early stuff, like the stuff he did prior to Saw. Mm-hmm. But apparently he really um, did do some projects uh, early on that had like a more playful nature to them and things like that. And so recently he came out with the movie uh, Malignant. Right. And their whole mixed bag of responses to Malignant because a lot of people went into that movie thinking, well, this is James Wan. We're going to get Saw, Insidious. We're going to get that kind of movie. That's not the movie he was making. He was going back to, like, other stuff that he liked where he decided he was going to make, like, a strange version of, like, a Giallo, you know, pick Mm, where it's like a, you know, an unseen, unknown killer and these gruesome you know, slasher murders and all this stuff. And then, but yet it has a campy nature to it Mm -hmm. where everybody's, their reactions to things and all the emotions are all inflated. And it gets to a point when the reveal is finally made and I, and it's a fairly new movie, so I'm not going to ruin it for anybody, but you, people should see it. Malignant. It's, it's, I, I loved it. There's like this twist and it's a crazy fucking twist. And when the twist happens, there is actually like an 
like action scenes that happen after that where the killer is just like fighting rooms full of people and murdering everybody yeah. in the most like gruesomely ridiculous ways and when if you see that that those scenes you could totally imagine James Wan directing the fight right at the end of this right like he totally has that ability mm-hmm. to be able to pull that off right um so yeah i think they missed out because James Wan would have worked in the subtlety and the depth and the tension sure. you know along with bringing the big final fight yeah but it serves yeah it it, it served its purpose it was a payoff um yeah you didn't great great acting performances but you're not necessarily looking for that so in uh, you know we talk about it all the time when you're looking for a spooky scary movie to watch and stuff like that this could go either way for me. Uh, honestly, I do watch this at Halloween quite a bit. Um, they do try to uh, give you the, you know, dark, uh, especially here at the end. The kills uh, are the great. The kills are great. They're inventive. They're <laughs> Some of them are very inventive and somewhat over the top, but fun. Uh, lots of fun. Um, you don't get all the tension building and stuff like that, uh, that you, again, like you said, you were going to probably get what James Wan had he directed it, but it serves. Um, so this is really one of the movies that I, I've talked about it before. Nightmare three, nightmare four, Freddy versus Jason Friday, the 13th part three and four, right? These are not movies that I particularly get scared of, but these are movies that I highly enjoy. Um, you know they're just really fun movies, and uh, and they're they're great just to pop on, and you can, you know, walk away from this movie. You can go to the bathroom and leave it on. You can go make a sandwich and leave it on, and then come back, and you know you're not yeah. gonna miss much. Um, but it it definitely serves, and it's probably, and I'm not saying this to, um, again we talk about older movies versus new movies and stuff like that and and i do like older movies um i think frankenstein is a better movie than this but out of the monster mashups i think this is probably my favorite yeah you know, it's it's the la- it's the latest one and maybe i'm a little biased because like we always talk about this is what we grew up with um and so this is what we we were waiting yeah. for but um i think that um just overall quality wise. Yeah. I think it's a better movie than the other monster mashups. Yeah. And it's one of those things where monster mashup movies, you know, Godzilla versus Kong, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, when you have these movies pop up every so often, usually it's to keep a franchise rolling, keep characters moving forward. Mm-hmm. You know, the, it, it a lot of times they happen when the company doesn't know what else to do with these properties. They got to keep, they got to retain control of an IP. Mm-hmm. They got to retain so they control. they got to do something with it. They have to do something because those sit. are legal requirements. Yeah. That's why a lot of the Hellraiser movies, the later Hellraiser movies that oh, everyone God. agrees suck. Oh. That's why a lot of those got made. Yeah. Because it was uh, companies just trying to hang on to the rights to either the character or the story or the world, whatever it was. Uh, And to kind of bring it back, that's why every once in a great while, 
having some kind of a mashup, having some fan service keeps people interested. Mm -hmm. It keeps people coming back. Like, you know, everything doesn't have to be fucking Citizen Kane. You know what I mean? Like, I'm critical of horror films. But if a horror film is fun, I can forgive it. For a lot of the a lot of the things that if don't hit. If your expectation of the movie is to be fun, you expected right. Freddy versus Jason to be a fun movie. Now, when they come back with another Nightmare on Elm Street, whatever series, movie, whatever, I want scary. Right. I wanted to right. go back. I want to be scared of these characters again. Right. And you know what was cool? I talk about. Uh, I've mentioned it a few times on the podcast. Um, Terrifier. I am a fan. I'm, a, I'm an Art the Clown fan. I'm a Damien Leone fan. Um, I, I just think he's really bringing back that slasher and he's making it scary again, which is fantastic. I read recently that he would love, he has said he would love to get a hold of the Friday the 13th franchise. Yeah. And if he gets a hold of the Friday the 13th franchise, prepared to be scared again, which is fantastic because you haven't been scared yeah. of Jason in a long time. Jason X comes to mind. Jason X. <laughs> Jason goes to hell. Jason goes to Manhattan. You know, it's like. Fun movies. Yeah. But that's. Where they're, in they're, the world is Jason Voorhees? They're, ju- they're just. You know? that, that's the, they're fun yeah. movies, but they're just fun. Right. They don't, you know... It, it's not what the, the original the, intent of Halloween and the original intent of Nightmare on Elm Street and the original intent of Friday the 13th were to scare audiences. And that's what you have to go back to. So you need... Fun's over. <laughs> <laughs> we don't... We no, you can, ha- you can have fun. You can, like, horror mo- a horror movie can be fun. But it has to be appropriate, like... For the story has to be appropriate for the fun and everything else. You can't sell a horror movie as scary and then have people go to the theater or watch it at home and and it be fun. You know, you have to like give people a wink and a nod and say, "Do a horror comedy and take it in a different direction." You could probably do something pretty clever if you get like a Simon Pegg or something like that to write it. You can take the franchises in different directions, but if, yeah, if you're going to call it a horror movie and try to resurrect the franchise, you're not going to resurrect the franchise that way. You have to make it scary. You need to be, you need to be, you need to be honest with the audience. You need to, and you need to to tell them what they're going to get. You know, it's like, and guess what? If you are going to show up, if you show me scary in the trailer and then I get there and it's like the story's completely goofy and it makes no sense. And yeah, the kills are great, but if there's not, if I don't care, we talk about it all the time. If I don't care about the characters, or if the characters are badly written, mm-hmm. like then I'm going to be like, okay, you sold me on scary, mm-hmm. and I come and I get this. Right. Which, if it was a Saturday rainy morning, fine. I might watch it on my television, have fun watching it, and not really give it much other thought. But don't sell me that this is going to be the scariest version of this movie or character or whatever that I've ever seen and then give me some crap thing. And I don't think if your intent, but if your intent is to resurrect the franchise, you have to go back to what people wanted it to be originally, which was scary. You you have to go back. Take your time. Make a good story. Sure. Make it scary. Keep me scared for a little bit. Yeah. And then if you want to come back and do, hey, 
we just want to make sure you guys remember this character. So we're going to put together this kind of weird little movie send-up thing. And, and you, like, broadcast that this is just for you. This is just for the fans. This is just so you can watch it, you know, at home with a bucket of popcorn. And this is to give you, like, everything that you thought maybe the last three movies should have had, but that we really didn't want to do. Here you go. Right, right, right. Yeah, here. He he literally rips a guy's arm off, beats him to death with it, and then jams it up his ass. There, we gave it to you. Right, right, right. Happy? Yeah. 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 Hey, you wanted to see, you know... Pinhead fight the nun. Here you go. Right. <laughs> you know, but but now, okay, now we're gonna do a really fucking scary Hellraiser right after that. Yeah, you know, we're gonna do a really fucking scary nun movie right after that. People, when in 2018, when when, um, well, I remember the marketing for the 2018 Halloween, and just the there was it started with a poster. It started with a poster with the butcher knife. It was a shadow of a hand holding the shadow of a, a butcher knife, and people lost their shit. Yeah, and then they and then Jamie Lee Curtis followed it up, you know, by being in it by posing herself on the well. They, it was a publicity shot, but she was in the, in blue the original shirt with the clothes. Jeans. She was in the, her original clothes that she wore in the original. She was standing on the Myers porch. You know, and Meyer Michael was in the background somewhere. Yeah, the like, face keeping, just keeping coming out. out of the shadow. Right, yeah, and the and the jack o' lantern on the porch, and people lost their minds. But they went into it wanting a scary Michael Myers movie. Sorry, <laughs> and I think that that's the way you got to bring back these two characters. You brought back Michael. Okay, great. Now you got to bring back the other two, and how are you going to do that? Um, you, we talk about decisions, boardroom decisions. You know, this is really going to come down to the direction that they want to take this in, and you got to give it to young, talented directors. I don't want this in the hands of a video, music video director. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's going to make it fun, like we talked about, but it isn't going to make it dark and scary and make you creeped out. That you know, maybe when you're watching it, you know, you'll leave the kitchen light on. You know, so sunlight's in the room because you're too scared to have it completely dark. That's what you want. Yeah. And that's what they have. And these characters are capable of doing that. Just because we've had these, you know, Freddy versus Jason and Jason goes to hell in Manhattan and, you know, Freddy was using the power glove, you know, to yeah. control <laughs> uh, Breckenmeyer's character and Freddy's dead. Just because these characters have been turned into somewhat comedic characters at one point in the the franchise and then kind of brought back a little bit with the remake of Friday the 13th. Um, You can, inherently, these characters are scary. Yeah. So if you write it the right way, if you treat it the right way, you can make these movies scary again. Yeah. You can can make Freddy be the dream demon again. Right, exactly. You can make, you know, Jason be the... What would be a, a great, uh, you know, the monster in the woods? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's literally what he is. Yeah, and, he's and the monster we, in the we woods. We talk about the we talk about the remake and uh, of Friday the Thirteenth, and the remake was like that was the intent of the remake, and they and I just felt like they didn't quite pull it off, but they started the movie that way. Yeah, that they were going to pull it off. Yeah, um, but then they ultimately gave in. They gave in to the pressure of what they thought people wanted to see which was they put the mask on quite frankly he could have worn that wrap 
the entire movie and you know that he had on in the beginning and and if they would have kept up with that pace and that creativeness that they brought in the first 15 minutes if they would have put that had that for the whole movie we would have already had that with the remake and you would have gotten sequels from it but because it just kind of it fell apart a little bit they had it they had a great idea i think they were all excited about it and they had a lot of creative ideas and they just kind of blew their load in the first 15 minutes or like (sighs) okay yeah and unfortunately i mean you look at stuff like uh Texas Chainsaw Massacre, what's been done with that, you know, just recently. And that's... that's Oh, that's a mess. That's it's, the, it's a total mess of a franchise. That's the same deal, because I think that, you know, if you, you could reasonably, you know, um, make, make those scary again, Scream is doing an amazing job of keeping Ghostface going and keeping that relevant. They do a little they bit... They are. I don't they, particularly like the new ones all that much, but I agree with you. I think I, I, I've enjoyed I think those other, more than some of the later ones. I think you're right. Yeah. I think I'm on the other side of it. I just personally, you know, I think I have a Scream series, you know, one, the first one, obviously, and then the fourth one, uh, I really enjoyed. Other than that, yeah, these, you know, these couple of newer ones are probably the best ones they've but, had in, but a, in a as while. As far as audience response to it in general, I agree with you. I think that they, yeah. that they've kind of brought back Ghostface in, in a, in a yeah. good way. So know? it's like, so basically, it's like you know, I I don't think that movie mashups are over. I mean, Godzilla versus Kong proves Godzilla, that. Godzilla versus Kong just came out. I think that's sometimes more. I think a creature feature like that is sometimes more palatable to people as a mashup yeah. than others. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I liked it. I but yeah, I don't. It. I was fully entertained. I don't think we've seen the last of mashups no. because I think what's going to happen is, as characters that are out there that are known now, mm. you know, a ghost face, you know, and maybe I'm not sure who, like, where else you would be or who else you would go to. I think they need to art the clown. They need to. They need to build some more characters again. Yeah, I would be hard pressed to figure out how you could work Ghostface in because Ghostface is not and it's never the same person yeah it's just a it's just a mask yeah right so i but i i i I wouldn't say that you know as as characters like that or an art the clown or something they're eventually going to see their decline and not anytime probably soon but they're eventually going to see it i mean terrifier is hot terrifier Terrifier is hot hot. terrifier 3 is now um, so those of you who don't know yet, um, they are re-releasing Terrifier 2 into the theaters on November 1st, and that is going to be the only way, I mean, it's going to leak online, Yeah. but it's supposed to be the only way that you can see the teaser trailer for Terrifier 3, which Damien Leone has promised everyone that it's not going to be some stupid 20-second thing. It is a full two-minute trailer with lots of footage in it lots of stuff he says you're gonna like um and then that terrifier 3 is going to come out in 2024 um and now now this is a pivotal point right in in a in the franchise right you add the first one which was great terrifier 2 was even bigger right they blew it up and made it even bigger. Oh, absolutely so now it's Damian been, it's been one of the... really at a critical point in his franchise because this is where we talk about turning point movies nightmare 3 
jokes start coming in, but he's already a clown. Right. So that's part. Know, it's already part of his thing. But he doesn't talk. Yeah. So, you know, so this is how, what, what's he going to do with it? How is he going to how where is he going to take this franchise now? Yeah. You know, that you've already done two movies. So it'll be interesting. But, yeah, I think like something like um, given it, it's very specific to a certain actor currently. But let's say something like a Victor Crowley in Hatchet. That's a character that I could see in a mashup someday. Sure, absolutely. Sure, it lends itself to it. Absolutely, that is that is more feasible than like a Ghostface. Uh, yeah, or even yeah. maybe a. So I th- I think that there there's still there are mashups out there that may happen, and and you, it's going to be people enjoy them. It's going to be something like you know a Hatchet or something like that that already is kind of out there you know, kind of has its own outlandish nature to it. And you're going to see as the the character or the property starts to kind of see a little bit of a decline. And, you know, right now, Hatchet is like probably one of the more streamed horror movie franchises out there. There's people that fucking love it. They fucking eat when it up. Was the last, Victor the last one was Victor last Crowley. And it was, that out. was a that few was years, a few years back a while now. Ago. Um, but yeah, as, as you see, maybe some of those types of types of movies and characters decline uh, that are big streaming draws and things, you may get another mashup someday. You will. I don't know how big they're going to be because it it depends. It's it's an interesting climate now because in the eighties, you could say maybe the market was ready for the new Universal Monsters and Freddy and Jason and Michael and, and the market kind of lent itself to, for these characters to get as big and iconic as they did. Now, with 37 different streaming services, yeah, content is all over the place. It's You have to go out and find it. I wonder how um, big... Because Art the Clown is big, but is Art the Clown Jason Voorhees big? Is Art the Clown... You know, I love him, but I, I don't know that he's as big as like Freddy and. Jason I think, Michael. well, yeah, you, I mean, it's going to be a third movie. I expected to decision. see a lot more. You know what I didn't see, which I was totally surprised by. I am not seeing the Art the Clown um, costumes like I thought I was going to see. Um, not even Spirit Halloween. I didn't see any. There's Did, uh, there's all the Jason stuff. Maybe he didn't license them. I, I don't know. It's very possible he doesn't have the the machine behind him yeah. that the studios have because he's still crowdfunding. Yeah, right, right. He's right. still crowdfunding his stuff, which, to be honest, fucking good for him. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. make make the fucking movie you want to make. Yeah, you know, and the fact that crowdfunding is out there now and yeah. can allow you to do that, yeah. like, make your fucking movie, dude. Like, but why I, can't he do the merchandising himself? Why can't he license himself? Just have him do it. It, 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 it. Sometimes that takes like a team. That takes like a bigger a bigger team than maybe he has access to. Although, because I think the demand has gotten although to the, the point thir- where all he has to do is pull the trigger instead of manufacturing it, instead of pushing to get merchandise out. Like the studio's like, we got a franchise. Let's push merchandise. Damien Leon's like, well, it's not me. The fans want to dress up like Art the Clown. The fans want the merchandise. You know, let's strike a deal, and maybe he has a little bit more control over it. Well, and I think that would be the way he would want it. I would, I would hope so. He, he, he doesn't. Sure, he's he's not going to sign a deal that gives 
the rights to all this stuff over to somebody else. Yeah. You know, yeah, well, Arctic Clown is, is too valuable of a commodity yeah. at this point. Yeah. Well, anyway, so this is going to end up being a two part episode. Definitely. Definitely. Um, because I, if you can tell how excited we get, <laughs> even though like these, like, like we said, these are movies that you watch just for fun. Mm. This is a rainy Sunday type movie. You know, the, Freddy versus Jason. These are Halloween movies still right? to put on. Well, and exactly. At Halloween time, when you just want to, you know, yeah, like at night, you want to turn the lights out. You want to watch, like, the, you want to watch Terrifier. You want to watch, you know, something else. Even Night of the Living Dead. You want to watch the original Halloween sure. on Halloween, on you Halloween, know. Yep. But when you're sitting around and you're looking for stuff to put on that gets you in the scary Halloween mood, mm. but is light and just enjoyable and you're gonna have you know you're gonna enjoy oh man i can't believe what they did to that fucking poor guy you know and all this kind of stuff and or watching these old timey movies with the lightning sound the thunder in the backgrounds and the the crazy castle sets classic and all that kind of stuff mood exactly mashups are perfect for that yes they are because they're gonna you're gonna get a, a bunch of what you want all in one little package, mm-hmm. and uh, it, they're going to be spooky, they're going to be funny, they're going to be a little bit of everything, yeah. and it's like, I'll, I'll put it this way, watching the original Halloween, or watching the original Dracula, or watching, you know, even the original Friday the 13th, or Nightmare on Elm Street, those are the... Um, the late on Halloween night movies. You know, the witching... Those are your core. The so witching hour movies. These, like, mashups are like trick-or-treat. <laughs> well, where are we right now, Kyle? So it is Sunday morning. Yep. Right? It is a couple of days before Halloween. Yep. It's a weekend. It's raining outside. Yep. So I have a six-hour drive ahead of me. But <laughs> you will be here. Yep. So you got to turn on the movie. It can't be you can't watch Night of the Living Dead or Nightmare on Elm Street over and over and over again because Halloween for guys like us anyway, and certainly Jen, right? It's 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 a season. It's yeah, a, it's you know kind of August hits, and and everybody's you know looking oh, for yeah. the pumpkin spice latte and 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 start to get into the Halloween spirit. So these are the movies that fill in those gaps of the Halloween on Halloween. And yeah, it and can't be blood. It can't be blood and gore and terrifying everything. You can't do and, it. Yeah, on the weekends in October when you're going out pumpkin picking with your with your family, you want to plan like a Saturday and you want to do all these fun Halloween things. You don't have to put on, especially if if you have younger kids, and you want to get them into the Halloween spirit. You can't put on Night of the Living Dead. You can't put on Night. You can't, and you can't even put on Freddy versus Jason. You can't put on Freddy versus can, Jason, but you can put Frankenstein meets the Wolfman on. You can put Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein on. You can put those movies on and uh, and and get the kids into the Halloween spirit. Yeah, and and yeah, watching watching a an Abbott and Costello meets Frankenstein, you know. Uh, your kids are going to sit there and they're going to be like, wait, Dracula, Frankenstein, and the Wolfman are all in this movie, you know? Mm-hmm. And and trust me, from having a little kid who started out watching the Universal Monster movies as his like first like allowed horror movies, like he didn't care that they were in black and white. Mm-hmm. He was like, Dracula's in this movie? Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm, I want to watch it. Sure. <laughs> 
Frankenstein's in this movie? Okay, I want to watch it. Mm-hmm. And he really responded to him. He really responded to him. And um, and yeah, mashups are, are perfect for that kind of thing. Even even something that's more modern and more uh, taken more seriously, like uh, a Godzilla versus Kong. Mm-hmm. You know, what little kid doesn't love giant creatures duking it out? Absolutely. You know what I mean? And um, and the little kid inside the adult too, because when I got giddy when that, <laughs> well, they started coming out with those, right? Yeah. So they started. They started with I believe they started with Godzilla first, or did they start with Kong first? Uh, I think they might start because uh, Skull Island. The one with Jack Black was not part of it. It was Skull Island. It yeah. was Godzilla, and then it was um, they did um, one of the verses, um, and then they did Godzilla versus Kong. Um, so, um, uh, they built it up yeah. and they were, and they kind of let, everybody knew it was going to happen. They basically took the Marvel thing where they, you know, there's scenes at the end and there are hints and there are this and that, and you were looking forward to what was coming next. Yeah. And, uh, and they did a great job yeah. with it. And when they did it, kids, whether you're a kid or you're an adult, when they did Godzilla versus Kong. Um, they they really I I thought they did a great job with it. It was super fun to see on screen, and with the technology, they could have ruined it, or they could have done a really really good job with it. And thank God they did a really really yeah. good job with it. Yeah. yeah, and they've gone back to the core of what those those movies are supposed to be about. Sure. And you know, uh, yeah, it's just. It's just fun stuff. And then as your kids graduate and they get a little older and they start being allowed to watch some of the uh, some of the more graphic films um, and you get them into some of these franchises that you might have watched when you were a kid, you know, eventually they'll get to a Freddy versus Jason, you know, type where they can watch something like that. Now, you got to explain to them what the time period was. You got to explain to them that some of the things in the movie oh, are, are a little problematic. You know, it's funny. We we talked about that, and we we put that on the '80s um, almost exclusively. Like we had this great awakening in the '90s, but then we just talked about it. How the 2000s just slapped down yeah. all that progress we made, and the unfortunately some of the problems that were prevalent throughout the '80s movies started popping back up in yeah. these movies too. Yeah, you're going to you're going to hear it and it's, and it's not just it's one thing when a when a villainous character says something problematic. Yeah. Even a kid will understand, well that's cuz he's a bad guy. Sure. He's a bad guy so he says bad things. Yeah. But the problem is that being the time period that it is, you have some characters that aren't supposed to be the bad guys. Mm say problematic things well kelly Rowland. yeah she makes she she uses a derogatory term for homosexuality you know it's there's there's problems which in 2003 you you, you're so shocked to see it you think it would be gone really yeah and you used it in a way to insult somebody else right you know what i mean so yeah so, you know, that's one of those things where you, you always want to make sure, and we're talking about the kids because of it being Halloween and it being, you know, these types of movies being thought of as more of the fun side. Yeah. You know, when you get into like the more graphic films where they're using a lot more of the language and, and things like that, you know, uh, when the kids get old enough, they also, you should, you should make sure you're educating them as to when that came out. Because there's even going to be stuff in the older movies 
they're going to see depictions of people in certain roles mm. in the older movies mm -hmm. that they might not understand. Yeah. And you have to explain to them, even though it's not as necessarily going to be a, as offensive. Well, not in, as in offensive a, because you're talking about the roles of gender during, roles during that time. You're talking about you're talking about some racial roles, some gender roles, this, and things like this that was a, that aren't blatantly offensive. Right. This was this was a 2003 movie where they wrote a line in after all the progress that um, the LGBT community had made in the 90s to get more respect um, and to just slap it back down like that was just um, it's it, it's offensive. Yeah. Yeah. So you need to make sure that you're educating the kids, you know, whether you're watching Frankenstein meets the Wolfman or you're watching Freddy versus Jason. Yeah. Educate the kid as to what time period this is, hmm. you know, um, if you and and kids should be able to ask questions. I hate to turn this into like parents advice hour, yeah, yeah. but kids yep. should be able to ask questions. Sure. And so if, you know... And you should answer them. Yeah, if you can tell that your child is having a problem, well, why did he say that to her? Yeah, don't just dismiss it. Yeah. Explain it. Yeah, explain it. And say that, well, back in the back when this was made, yeah. they had a certain idea of what women were supposed to do yeah. and what jobs they could have and right. things like that. So for that woman to be doing that job, you know, was kind of maybe an odd thing. And that's why he said that, right. you know. And then if you're watching Freddy versus Jason and your teenager is like, did she just call him the F word? Be like, yeah, it was 2003 and they were really struggling with the idea of respecting people. And so she thought, apparently thought that was a good idea, you know, but no, like you shouldn't be using that word and that's not something cool. Even, even, <laughs> even unfortunately to call Freddy Krueger. Not cool. For <laughs> Freddy. <laughs> I don't know that he deserved that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, he makes a racial reference towards her, which is in line with his evil nature and character. He's a bad guy. And her right. Because uh, I, I can't remember the comedian. I mentioned that this weekend, there was a comedian. I can't remember his name, but he had a funny bit where he said, you know, he was in the theater. He was watching Freddy versus Jason with other audience members. And that line about how sweet dark meat came out and the gasps, the audible gasps that were in the theater. And he looked around like, you're worried about Freddy Krueger being a racist. He can do all the other yeah. stuff he's done to these yeah. kids. He's a pedophile but and God, a child right, killer right, right, and right. now a dream demon murderer of teenagers right, but, in their sleep when they're but, completely defenseless. But he can't be racist. But he can't be racist. No, God, no. Not in 2003, no. 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 Um, so, you know, you can right. explain to your kid, like, but you know... Kelly Rowland can be a homophobe. Yes, he, he's, he's an evil character yeah. an evil individual and he made a very racist offensive comment mm -hmm. but that doesn't give her the right to equate mm -hmm. his evil nature yeah. with you don't want homosexuality your, you don't want your sympathetic characters you don't want your your uh, protagonists to be using yeah those kind of words. and that actually you know the idea that the filmmakers even thought that was like appropriate for that moment. I'm shocked it was in there. You know, it then, it then actually like in the next moment, she literally gets drilled so hard with Jason's machete that he doesn't cut her in half with it. 
he basically fucking swings for the fences with it, shoots her about 50 yards line back, drive, yeah, yeah. and line drives her yeah, into a tree. And like she, she literally. If you if you slow down the movie, she has a mini seizure before she slides down the tree well, what, and, then and you, hits the ground. But well, what do you do? You're like, and you're like, yes, <laughs> yes. Good so you for talk him. about right. Good for him. Thank you, thank you, Jason, for getting rid of the homophobe for us. Because <laughs> Jason's like, I'm not dealing with that shit. So I think we'll end on that. Sure. Um, if you want to get a hold of us and and kind of give any ideas for what we could do next, I know we we spent we spent a two episode monster mash thing, but we want to do Monster Squad. Okay, that'll be the very next thing we that have we have to do. Monster Squad. I don't care because what that time is, of year is because it. that is an ultimate monster mashup. It's that's what that's part of why we wanted to do these episodes. Right. is in is setting up for the Monster Squad episode. Yeah. Because that is an ultimate monster mashup of all the Universal monsters. It's Goonies in meets one thing. the Universal monsters. Goonies meet. Yeah, they might have. If this was done in the forties, right. it would have been like a uh, our gang. You would have had like yeah. Mikey. Yeah, it would have been our gang meets the Universal Monsters. Uh, But fast fast forward to the eighties, and you get a Goonies esque crew meeting up with the Universal Monsters. The offshoot. Yeah. Right. Right, because oh, oh, yeah, yeah, because once the Goonies came out, somebody had the genius idea to be like, "What if they had to go up against monsters instead of Italian criminals?" <laughs> and you're not being sarcastic. It was a genius idea. Yeah, <laughs> it was. It was. Because well, if you thought we were excited to talk about Shopping Mall, Monster Squad's going to be a hoot. Monster Squad is going to be the most fun. Yeah. So that'll be next, but if you have any ideas of uh, future movies you want us to cover, um, you know, we don't just stick to the 80s and, and older stuff. We'll watch anything. We'll watch anything and we'll cover it. And we like to get in the weeds on stuff and talk about all this kind of in-depth sure. stuff like we did like right at the end of this one. Um, you know, we've kind of discovered that apparently somehow there's things that we know about some of these movies that maybe listeners don't know. We, we, we kind of just assume everybody knows this shit. Well, that's why I tried to include <laughs> some context into some of what we were talking yeah. about just to make sure because yeah, there are, uh, we do have people that listen, um, that like horror movies that really, or love horror movies, but they're not, they're not deep diving it, into it. Yeah, uh, and 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 believe me, we give credit where credits due. The reason we're like this is because of people like Joe Bob Briggs, mm. who taught us how to be this way. Mm. <laughs> it's all and, his fault. And get more out of horror films than just sure. you know, uh, cut cut up parts and the, you know, the, you know, yes, it is all about blood, breast, and beasts. You know, as Joe Bob likes to say. But if you watch Joe Bob, you know, there's a lot more to it than just the three B's. That's how he tricks you in. Right. He tricks you in with the three B's, and then Joe Bob gives you a big dose of knowledge, and we love that. And and also, this stuff just always spoke to us. It's yeah. just one of those things. People have their things, and, and this is ours. We just, we've loved these movies since we were kids, um, and it's been one of the constants in our life over the past 35, 40 years um, that we just we've seen these movies so much that you just naturally want to learn more about them 
and so you do your own research. You know, we yeah. I, that's the stuff we yeah, do on a Tuesday night when I'm watching a movie, and I'm like, hey, I wonder how that happened, or I wonder how this came together. Yeah, and I, I and we do the research, and, and that's you just watch kind great of our documentaries. Thing. You know, Never Sleep Again, Crystal Lake Memories, Crystal Lake Memories, yeah, Queer the, for Fear, the Queer for Fear, the From the Darkness series, sure. From the Darkness. I mean that the guy that makes mm. the From the Darkness movies really good fucking genius and he's yeah. he's working on coming out with now the 90s he he's going to cover the 90s and wait. it's yeah i cannot wait for those wait. to hit because he always releases them on shutter for a little bit mm-hmm. he makes a deal yeah shutter can carry him for a little while and i always watch them on there and and they're amazing but yeah you know you get to learn uh so much about how these movies get made and there's something for everybody because if you if you look if you want to know how they were written, if you want to know how they were directed, if you want to know what the actors were thinking, if you want to know about how the special effects guys do some of the uh, amazing in camera shit that they used to do back in the the 80s and the early 90s, and that some of them some of them like Tom Woodruff are still trying to do, mm-hmm. you know, um, you can learn all about that stuff. How these guys did the magic that they did. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we recommend that stuff, but email us, email us at nosferadudes at gmail.com. Let us know what you think. Let us know what kind of movies you want to hear about. And we promise you that eventually we're going to get to them. We will. We will, because we plan to do this till one of us can't do it anymore. (laughs) Because this is basically just a way for us to keep doing what we've always done, which is get together and talk about movies. It's just doing what we've always done. Yeah. Only recording it. Yeah, we're That's just we're, we're literally we're this, just recording our normal conversation. This conversation that we Would've just had anyway. half of it happened <laughs> yesterday time. and we just decided to carry it into the episode. How many times did we say we should be recording this? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And it really um my wife gets tired of it. <laughs> but but it happens. And so this is really just us having fun and talking about this stuff because we love horror movies and um don't be afraid to express how much you love horror movies to other people because you'll find allies in weird places. You know, mm. um, there's there's people that you work with. There's people that I work with yeah. that until you mention the horror movie that you just watched the night before yep. and were blown away by. And then all of a sudden, the person that you think that Wait you would ne- <laughs> you would never think was into horror movies. They all of a sudden look at you and go, you saw that? Yeah. Or they go, mutant? Yeah. <laughs> mutant. Yeah. 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 So, um, so please let us know. And um, as soon as we get our stuff figured out, we'll be, we'll be back at this. And uh, just, hey, thanks for listening. You know, we yep. appreciate it. Thank you. Um, so, from me. And me. Thanks for listening. And remember, the broadcast is coming from inside the house. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs>